Hey everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Hoopjack Podcast Series. I am your host, Chris Farmstead, and we have a very great episode today talking about the NBA Finals, uh, my opinion on the NBA Draft withdrawals, and kind of the effects that it can happen on it. We also have a very special guest today from the University of uh, UNC Charlotte, Ms. Octavia Jet Wilson. Uh, but before we get into our one-on-one Hooper profile, I just want to go over this game. It kind of... So, I'm going to break it down like this. And this is my opinion on it. I think this first game reminded me of the Falcons-Patriots Super Bowl. Golden State played three great quarters. Three great quarters. But, it's a four-quarter basketball game. Boston wins game one. 120 to 108 after a fourth quarter performance of 40 to 16 against the Warriors. They were down 92 to 80 going into the fourth. Boston goes on a 40 to 16 different 40 to 16 different run over the Warriors winning 120 to 108. I got to tell you that is amazing. That is an amazing comeback. I wish I had ta- tailed that game. Man, I could have made some money. But I think if you go quarter by quarter, if you go line by line as to what was the difference maker in this game, I really think that you need to look at the fact that shooting-wise, Tatum Tatum couldn't hit last night. He, I, And I've said this before on the show. Some nights Tatum will hit, some nights Brown will hit, but you will you won't see a whole lot of are both gonna hit. But I think the fact that Jalen Brown was 10 of 23 from the field, 24 points, seven rebounds, five assists. Al Horford, what a night by this man. Nine of 12 from the field, six of eight from three, 26.6 rebounds. And you gotta even look at um, at White and Pritchard. White had 21 points off the bench, six of 11 from the field, five of eight from the three. Um, of course, I'm talking about Derek White. So sorry if I forgot the name. Um, Derek White, what a night by him. And then you look at the other side, where Curry kind of fell off. He, he had a great first quarter. NBA record, six threes in the first quarter. But the rest of the game, he only hit one. He went 7 of 14 from the three, 12 of 25 from the three of field, 34 points. Wiggins had a great night, 8 of 15 from the field, 2 of 7 from three, 20 points, 5 rebounds. Thompson, another good night, 6 of 14 from the field, 15 points, 3 of 7 from three. Green had 11 rebounds, but... It's the shooting that it's got to stay consistent. The Warriors are a championship DNA team that you know can win, that you know has the ability to keep the keep a championship run going. I think defense was a big factor. Turnover difference was big. And the fouls, I think the fouls too. It's three plus three fouls for more for the Warriors and Gary Payton did not play 
game one coach's decision due to injury he is expected to come back for game two i think that can make a difference as far as the role playing on the bench i think biggie needs to be more involved more out jr had a good night at two he had 12 points four or five from three i think his contribution went well jordan Poole was not there i think it is it's going to come down to can can the up-and-comers on this warriors team make a difference because obviously the Celtics could Derek White 21 points Pritchard had eight but their starters were uh, phenomenal Brown with 24 Horford with 26 Al Horford wants this championship for the city of Boston and also representing the Dominican Republic I think he wants it that bad and he's showing it that he could be finals MVP but I'm not counting out the Warriors Granted, I probably should have taken the Celtics for the money line at, at the start of the fourth. I should have taken the money line, but you, when you look at it, you know, you look at the history of what Golden State had. They they have won championships. They've done amazing things in the playoffs. The Splash Brothers can do no wrong. I think you're looking at a team who you're looking at both teams who have grown players with great talent. Celtics have defensive player of the year, Marcus Smart. Two great shooters in Tatum. Actually, three great shooters. I'm going to add a Horford to that list. Because that guy can shoot. He can give you a stat line and a shooting quality night that compares to no other big. People don't count count that out. I think you need still need to count that in. So, looking at it right now. Uh, for game two, which is on Sunday... At 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on ABC in Golden State, 58% is to Boston and 42% is to the Warriors. Warriors are a minus four versus the plus four. Money line plus 155 for the Celtics, minus 180 for the Warriors, and the over under is 215 and a half. I think if if you're in this playoff series, you need to take the over, without a doubt. I think there's not a question that you take the under. The only time I take the under is if you honestly think that any of these players will have an off night. Tatum had an off night, but he he got he he, the help that he got from Horford, Brown, and White. You you can't discredit that. Curry's gonna give you at least 25 a night, and same with Thompson. Wiggins is stepping up too, and I think with Gary Payton coming back, you're going to get quality minutes from him and quality buckets from him. Jordan Poole needs to find a way to get at least 15 points, average 15 through the series, and you can't count them out. They lost one away. That's what boss. That's boss's job was to at least win one away, and they did that. You come back winning game two for the Warriors. You make it a one one series. And you try to take one away in Boston. You think of a way to try to take one away at TD Garden. I think that's the opportunity that you can take heading into Sunday. Now, do I still think the Warriors can win the series? Absolutely. Do I still think the Celtics have an opportunity to stun them? I do. I think this series could go seven games. This is gonna this game one showed that it doesn't matter how far you are up in the series, don't count them out. There's four quarters of basketball. The game doesn't stop after three. You got to keep going through four quarters of play. 
and show that you can win. You can do it. Boston did not get to the NBA Finals for no reason. They took Miami to seven and won. And the Warriors can't just back down from this kind of competition. The Warriors, like I said, this series can go either way. I want it to go to seven games. I think it could go to seven games. If if Golden State can win game two, and I think they can, one-to-one series, you, all their job next is to try to take one away at TD Garden. And I think the best time to do that would either be game, would probably be game three after coming off the win of game two. Now, if you can't win at home, then you got a real big problem heading back to Boston to try to win at least one away because Boston is, Boston is a tough area to beat. Golden State's a tough area to beat, but Boston's a really tough area to beat. Are you kidding me? So, my opinion on that is this series can go to seven games. I'm not, I'm still believing that Golden State can win in seven, but I'm not saying that Boston can't do it. I think it's too close to tell. It's too close. It's, if, if, Golden State wins game two. I have the Warriors in seven. If Golden State does not win game two, I have Boston in five. That's my guess as to what could happen. That's my, you know, what I think could if the series were to develop that way. But I'm not because if that were how the series would weigh, I would be at Vegas right now betting the lines. And I'd be making millions and millions of dollars and I wouldn't be here. But I'm here because this is fun. And I hope you guys can take away something from this. So we are going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we have my one-on-one Hooper profile with UNC Charlotte women's basketball star Octavia Jet Wilson. So stay tuned. Welcome back to the Hoopjack Podcast Series, guys. And today, for our one-on-one Hooper profile, we have a very special guest from the U- University of North Carolina Charlotte Women's Basketball Program, Miss Octavia Jet Wilson. Octavia, it's great to have you on the show. Thank you for having me. So, you guys had a great season this year. You guys won the division regular season title and the con- the Conference USA tournament against Louisiana Tech. And in your fi- and this is your fifth year, so it was the final year, make it or break it kind of thing, right? Yeah, for sure. So, uh, what was the feeling kind of ending the last collegiate year that you have, winning that ring, and kind of the experience of winning the title against Louisiana Tech? Um, it was very exciting, I would say, to just in a sense be able to come back and do you know what I wanted to do. Uh, which was come back to win, you know, a ring. Um, so I think emotions were high. We were all excited about it, and especially for, you know, myself uh, in, in, in my career like that. So it was very fun. <laughs> and you guys, by winning the Conference USA title, you guys clinched a spot into the – pretty much punched a ticket into the tournament uh, playing against Indiana, the Hoosiers, in the first round. Um it was a tough loss, but what was it like kind of playing in the NCAA tournament and playing against the Hoosiers? Um, just to have that experience, I think more than anything, is what most of us were excited about, uh, just in general. Uh, just being able to get there after, you know, winning conference and things like that. 
And that's kind of cool that you guys got to experience winning a title, playing on the big stage in front of thousands of people at the tournament and kind of going out with a tournament with a conference tournament title. I mean, there's no other way to go out than that. <laughs> yeah. That was for sure to go. And uh, leaving UNC Charlotte, just looking at the accolades you have, you're leaving a lot to for the next generation to try to keep up to. You're, you're the all-time leader in games played, games started, and minutes played. You're second all-time in free throws and third all-time in scoring. And with third all-time in scoring with a 1,812, if that number is accurate, uh things i don't really i don't actually know and then you, you're 1000 point actually against my hometown team odu in february <laughs> of last year um but what and what was that kind of feeling like getting your 1000th point with still i think you still had a year left right um yeah cuz i still have my covid year to go yeah what was that feeling like getting your 1000th point co- collegiate point um, I didn't know it at the time, actually. So during the game, I didn't know, like, how many points I had or whatever it was or how long it was going to take me to get there. Um, But I think I remember that game, and it was like, I don't know how many overtimes we went in, but it was so many. <laughs> so uh, just, like, having to – I think I scored, like, 42 that game. but not knowingly that was my thousandth point, but I'm happy it happened at ODU since that was our rivalry school. Yeah. Uh so that was pretty exciting. And you had you had mentioned you still had your COVID year. Um and especially being at college during the time kind of COVID happened. How are you like what was the feeling like when you were told like season's over, everything's done, go home. Pretty <laughs> Everything went virtual and all of that. How did how did you react to that? Yeah, uh, I think when it first happened, I thought it was really crazy because I actually was not a senior like when it first happened. Uh, so I actually felt bad for those seniors that were on the team at the time. But once like we came back for the year, it was like it's not you know having to go to actual class. It was like it was really just like you know since we didn't have to go to class, it was really just basketball. Um, but it was weird, I want to say, but it was also, like, a lot, like, on a lot of people's mental, I would say, because, you know, we were, some, some games would get canceled, you know, because some people had COVID, and then, you know, we got to catch back up from that, um, and then we're making up games, we're playing, like, three, four games in a week, (laughs) so that was, you know, the tough part about it, but I think, over and all, it was, like, it had its ups and downs, but, you know, I think by the next year, you know, we kind of got used to it. Yeah. Right, and like you said, having to play three or four games a week, that not only hurts the body, it hurts the mind as well because yeah. having to have to go go through all that. And like you said, mental health was um, – well, we talk about it a lot on the show, but you're, one of, you're a big advocate about it. How, how was kind of having the mental health note of just – not being able to go to places you want to go to, not especially like gyms, open gym, wherever, restaurants, you know, even places, restaurants, going to see friends, stuff, you know, how, how are you able to kind of 
persevere through uh, what a lot of people kind of had to go through with the mental health aspect from COVID? Uh, I mean, it was tough, just like it was on everyone, I would say. But uh, from a personal aspect, I would say it was like a lot of, I would say, I don't know how to put it. <laughs> I would say it was a lot of like being able to adjust, really. Uh, because, you know, like I said, like some games would get canceled. I think not for everybody, for everyone, especially, but um, especially being having to be extra safe, being a college athlete, uh, not being able to see your family and stuff like that because of a virus going around. Um, but I think just being in tune with yourself more, like when things are going that way, you know, you got to think of more of the positives than than the down. So I think that's really got more of my team over things like that. Yeah. And I can kind of tell from everyone that we've talked to and including you, that it was kind of tough on everybody to kind of just still adjust, but still kind of wanting to move to back in a sense, you know, we wanted to get to, um, but with, you kind of growing up, you because growing up in um, Maryland, right? You grew up in Maryland or outside of like yeah. Greenbelt, Maryland. Maryland. Okay. Yeah. Um, how was it like growing up, and when did you kind of decide you wanted to commit to sports or basketball or find like an interest that you felt very passionate about? Um, so my older sister actually played basketball as well. Uh, so I think growing up watching her play really encouraged me to play because uh, from the time I used to go like to the gym with her and things like that, I always had basketball in my hand. Um, so I think I fell in love with it really early. <laughs> um, and from there, it was just like that was the only thing I wanted to do. So I just stuck with it. And from an early age, you, you just didn't want to let go of the rock and kind of found a love <laughs> and then playing and then you played played high school ball at Eleanor Roosevelt High School yeah um what what was the competition like and also playing for that team growing up how how much you guys kind of grew together as a team to kind of are you guys still in touch with the team like are you still in touch with them uh, yeah, we all still stay in touch. For uh, We have, like, a group chat, so we all text, you know, occasionally, like, people's birthdays or, uh, you know, one of my teammates is actually in the WNBA, Kyla Charles. Uh, so, you know, we congratulate her on, like, when she com- uh, committed to playing with the Suns and everything like that. So we all still stay in touch. Yeah, and then the competition was still – was the competition at a high level at Eleanor Roosevelt? I would say – so my first two years we won states. Uh, we kind of had, like, a, a really dominant team. Um, so by the time I think my junior and senior year came, it got – it was, like, more competitive. We were playing, like, top schools, like, even in our – we used to have Christmas tournaments. 
Um, and those teams we used to play were pretty tough because they were like private schools. Uh, so there was good competition for the most part my last two years. And for you kind of personally, were you able to kind of be a part of the AAU circuit around Maryland? Yeah. So my last year I played for Fairfax Stars on the EYBL circuit. Okay. So you were able to kind of not only play in Maryland, but travel across different states as well. Yeah. I had to go all the way to Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> uh, playing at playing at Boo Williams. Yeah. We were always traveling. <laughs> yeah. And then how did how did you come to the decision to play at uh, UNC Charlotte? Uh, so I actually have family in Charlotte. So I kind of grew up in Charlotte. I used to spend summers here. So that kind of influenced my decision to be able to, like, you know, my family could still drive down here and see a game. And, you know, my family here can finally watch me play basketball as well. So that kind of influenced my decision to – be able to come to Charlotte. Okay, so it's nice to know that you have that family is still means a lot to you, and that they're close, so that you still are not too far away from family in a sense. Yeah, so I wouldn't be that homesick. <laughs> right for your five five years at UNC Charlotte, you played for head coach Carrick and Swegra. What was kind of the feeling playing for her and how good a relationship did you have during during your time there with her? Um, being my first year, maybe, uh, we weren't really, like, you know, the closest. But I think through my years of being there, we kind of built, end up building that bond towards the, like, my last years. Um, with her being able to trust me and me being able to trust her uh, on and off the court. Um, but I think – Towards the end, of course, it's definitely worth it. Having things like that, I know she's a person I could call, like, you know, outside of basketball to, you know, help me with anything I need help with. Um, and, you know, some people don't have coaches like that, so I'm glad that she is a person, you know, that you can have that bond with. Glad to hear that you can have that bond with the coach. I feel like that's really kind of the investment that you go in with as a college athlete, you want to be able to kind of trust who's leading the ship in a sense. Yeah. <laughs> so you don't have a lot of people kind of go through the transfer portal and every year. Oh, yeah. And with, with this being your last year, I see you got to capitalize with the name image and likeness, you know, the new rule that came in for college athletes. And I see you working with a couple of brands and including one that it's your own, which is 13 Reasons Clothing. Yes. And that's mainly a – that's your clothing brand, and it focuses a lot on mental health, correct? Yes. So talk to me a little bit about it more, because I'm actually really interested in what is 13 Reasons. Cool. So uh, growing up, like, playing basketball, so, like, my mom passed away. So I kind of like, you know, had to find a love for something. And, of course, that became basketball more towards those hard times. Uh, So that was something that kind of helped me, you know, find my passion in the game. And, you know, that would be the reason that, you know what I mean, if things were going bad, uh, 
you know, you just realize what you're doing something for and like why you chose to do it. Right. And I think a reason we all need a reason for something. We all need, you know, motivation. Forward. Last year, you know, uh, with the end of your fifth year, you got the opportunity to uh, work with a lot of different companies thanks to the name, image, and likeness rule that the NCAA players are allowed to profit and work with different companies. You worked with a few companies, but I see that you started your own brand called 13 Reasons uh, that focuses a lot on mental health. Uh, Can you tell me a little bit more about it? Yeah, so uh, growing up, uh, my mom had passed away. Um, So from there, it was like, you know, you always have to have a reason of why you're doing things. And, you know, when things are going bad, uh, something you could lean back on and, you know, think about why you're doing something and what made you want to do it. Um, So that's kind of sort of what that is. I'm sorry to hear mom passed away i know that's got to be hard on everybody um, to have really remember kind of be taken away so and it's good to know that you know you're focusing a lot on how like that can really affect you mentally so i wish you the best of luck with that brand moving forward it's a great looks great and it has a great message i hope it takes off and I see you also work with SoFab Life and Mid Major Place. And I see that SoFab Life is a nutrition brand. With them, I kind of did. It was like a store thing, like deodorant and mm-hmm. soaps, soaps like that. And they had another one, but it had been discontinued. And then Mid Major Place was kind of another t shirt brand of yours. Yeah, with just like my number and you know, color of my school. And was there any like other? That's kind of cool that you got to kind of have your name and your number on like a t shirt jersey in a sense. Yeah. And um, what are some of the plans moving forward now that? kind of eligibility is over and we're hitting the summer what are some of the plans want to move forward on while the summer is here uh, so now i've just been kind of working out but um i've signed with an agent so i'm about to go overseas where i do not know yet um but that's what i'm like doing right now well, it's, congratulations on getting the opportunity to play overseas. And Thank you. I know with is one is one of the goals to reach back here to play in the WNBA. Uh, yeah, maybe in a couple of years, but I think for now, I'm just you know take you know just experience like what it is like playing overseas. Okay. Well, I wish you the best of luck with a new adventure that's, you know, right around the corner. Thank you. My last question is, what advice would you give to the next generation high school basketball player wanting to play at the college level and further beyond? Uh, 
I think for sure, just, you know, finding your passion if this is what you want to do. Even if it's not, uh, there's a lot of benefits to doing it. Uh, I think for sure, but just having your, like I said, your reason of doing things. And that's really it. Well, Octavia, thank you again for taking the time to come on the show. I wish you the best of luck with your adventure overseas and let me know where you get to play. I would love to still keep in touch and see the journey that it takes you on. Um, But thank you again for taking the time to come on the show. Thank you. We'll be right back with more Hoop Jack, guys. So stay tuned. Hey, guys, and welcome back from commercial break. I want to thank Miss Octavia J. Wilson for taking the time to come on the show. I wish her the best of luck in her uh, brand opportunity, business opportunities and life moving forward after UNC Charlotte. I wish her the best of luck from all of us here at the Hoopjack podcast series, the Hoopjack podcast team. So next topic that kind of is getting picked up and still kind of we're getting down to it it's the nba draft it's right around the corner and the deadline the ncaa deadline has already come and gone it's the third now the ncaa deadline was set was june 1st so tap by technical terms a player who still has college eligibility left but doesn't pull out of the draft pool by the deadline by two days ago will now have to forgo his remaining eligibility and won't be able to return to his school or transfer to a new one for the 2022-23 season. As of right now, there have been over 200 and some odd players who have entered the draft, who have entered, you know, who entered. Uh, Right now, 112 were early and left or withdrew their names from consideration for the draft before the deadline hit so a lot of them that i look and a few that we had oh we've had you know i believe ed reed jr from mississippi state has withdrawn so i'm looking forward to seeing what he does this year maybe head out to a game a lot of division ones i see usc upstate long beach state virginia tech george mason depaul st bonaventure Texas, uh, Southeast Missouri, Southeast Missouri State, South Dakota State, Queens University, Gonzaga, Kentucky, a lot of big names, and a lot, I mean, I see juniors, sophomores, freshmen even, uh, a lot of, a good amount of seniors who withdrew, try to, you know, get another year, um, eligibility with the COVID year and try to up their draft stock which is possible but I mean my whole thing is I don't I don't hate the withdrawal by the certain time you still have eligibility I think what do you do as I mean with freshmen sophomores I kind of get it with juniors you know it's something to see with seniors coming back what do you guys do like do y'all even do because I'm wondering if it's still, you know, you have to take a certain amount of credits in order to be classified as a student to play college athletics, you know. But with the whole NIL, I'm wondering if that's still even a role factor because 
I'm not saying it's not, I don't know, I don't, I'm not saying they're not doing nothing. I'm saying I would like to know, you know, the fact that you have that opportunity to get drafted. I think that might be a question that'll pop up later on for a future interview. What, what do you guys do? Because I'm really curious because the irony is the NBA deadline is June 13th. But the but mainly the third, the first is for U.S. citizen college basketball players. The thirteenth really helps the international pool of players traveling overseas. Um, I'm excited for the draft. I, uh, you know, with the draft board, Orlando Magic got the first pick in this year's draft, so I'm really excited to see what happens there. Um, but yeah, any college athletes out there, let me know what you guys, what classes you do take, what what else do you pursue with college, what what are some of the options that you do have and what you do take. I would love to hear it. Um, if you would like to come on the show and say it, I'm more than happy to. Uh, if not, you can always can just um, shoot me a message. Let me know what you guys do because I'm really curious as to what, as far as high picks, you know, you go to the end of the draft, D1, you know, anything can happen. Um, so I'm excited to see. And my, before we head into our mindful moment, I want to thank our affiliates, sponsors. We have, we work with both Kenichi Bear and Boosted Biz. First off with Boosted Biz, they've done a great job, you know, helping us with a name, with, with a logo, and with getting our merch out there easy to get to you guys. Make sure you kind of grab, make sure you grab some merch when you get the chance. Um... And I know every, even if you don't buy the merch, which I mean, it's fine. I don't expect you to, but you know, give a listen to the channel. You know, we work hard. I work hard to try to get quality episodes. I try to do the best that I can and, you know, want to see this grow to what it could be. So a listen helps guys. A listen a day really helps the channel. It helps the growth and give us a follow on Instagram. Helps us too. And then our last, our other affiliate with Kenichi Bear headphones. They make great quality pair of noise canceling headphones, great wireless pair of headphones, whether you want to listen to music or play video game, or if you're a gamer like myself, use them for two, for PlayStation, Xbox, use them for games like 2K, Call of Duty, whatever. A great quality pair of headphones. Can't wait to get mine. Make sure to head over to our link tree, check out all the links that we have for both Boosted Biz, Kenichi Bear, and all of our episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Anchor as well to give us a listen, give us a shout out, show us some love, help help with the channel, help us grow. So my mindful moment is I'm winding down to like 10 days left of the school year uh, where I am. June 17th is the last day of the year and kind of reflecting on the year that I've had. It's been, you know, it's always, and being in the teacher field, it's always ups and downs you know, lefts and rights, loop-de-loops here and there, but I enjoy doing it because you watch to see the kids grow, I think, I know the last day, the official day, the 16th, when I'll see the kids, I'll really have an emotional day, because the fifth graders, the, the now fifth graders, like, I've had them since second grade, and when you watch them grow, so they've been not just height-wise, but just the maturity level where they've gone and how great they've become. You know, it kind of sheds a tear, you know, to know that you might have done, you might not have done. You, the one thing you can do is see that they have grown to where they've got come up to, in 
instead of kind of fall backwards. So I think, you know, the opportunity that I have to work with such amazing people and work with great kids who want to better themselves, who want to kind of fit outside a mold. You know, some walk to the beat of their own drum, but I know that down the line, they'll be amazing people and they'll do amazing things. So I think at the end of the day, if you find something you're passionate about and you'd like to see um, the work that you put in kind of grow, then that's the that's the greatest reward of all. And I and I have nothing to complain about. I, I feel rich. I might not have a whole lot of money, but I feel rich by with my family, my work, and this. My podcast makes me feel, you know, rich in its own way. It also helps me through mental health it helps me through a lot so being able to talk sports with somebody even if it's myself you know and that's gonna be it guys uh i want to thank you guys for still continuing to tune in still following still loving the show um keep continuing to follow us keep continuing to listen to all our episodes if even if you're late to the show you're never too late you can always catch up with every interview that we've ever had on the show what my takes are, what I've had, what I've had guests say on the show, and let me know what you guys think of the channel and how we can grow. Because we want to try to, well, we built this from the ground up. I want to keep it growing so that it has the opportunity to be the best that it can. Okay, so take care of yourselves. Have a great week weekend. Tune into some basketball on Sunday, and remember, don't be a bystander. Be a hooper and keep balling. Peace. <laughs>